Hello, you sexy thing. Yeah, Me? you. Just you. Not, not, no, not you. <laughs> Other guy. Yeah, you. Welcome to Everything Trying to Kill You, a podcast where the witches from Macbeth poke holes in the cinematic triumphs. We are the aforementioned witches. <laughs> I'm Mary. I'm Mary Kay, the crone. I'm Megan. And we are super psyched to cap off a thrilling shark week with a lively and loving discussion of Jaws, Ooh. the uh, 1975 masterpiece blockbuster by John Williams. And yeah, I said that because wouldn't no one care about Spielberg or How this movie you? if that score wasn't in there? How dare you? I said what I said. The most recognizable t- two notes. Two notes. That's all it is. If you if you make that sound anywhere, everyone knows. What Steven Spielberg is still perfect. The movie really would be true. great even without it. It would not be as great, but Steven Spielberg is perfect. I'm going to be really honest, though. I didn't even hear that when I watched it. I did not hear that famous. Da-na-na. When is it? Right before. It's the... in the opening credits. Yeah, uh-huh. and literally right before like every single shark attack. So. How, this is how he uses it, right? Is that the that actual the dad dad is so quiet and deep and slow that you don't register when it's happening. It's almost like it's it sneaks up on you. You don't realize it's mm-hmm. happening because it has faded in so ominously and so slowly. Yeah. Um, so if you're no no to listen for it, then yeah, like if you're watching for it, you'll feel the absence of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Should we do an icebreaker? Yeah, we should. <laughs> now that we've already gotten into the middle of this. <laughs> yes. Okay. So um, today's icebreaker. If you were a magnificent or perhaps not magnificent aquatic beast, what would you be? I want to be, or I would be. Is it what I want to be or like what I We can I do both because I always think that's be. fun to get the duality there. Like how someone sees themselves and yeah. how they want other people to see them. Because yes. if I could pick or what I think I would I would be like some beautiful giant magnificent whale because I love them and they're my favorite but in all reality like I'm probably some like big dope ass manta ray still equally dope and majestic but don't get too deadly close to it or it's gonna like accidentally shove a stinger in your heart yes accidentally you do you think that if you were a sea beast you would kill Steve Irwin is that what you're saying maybe I don't know. I don't. I think it was unintentional. No, I don't think this, the rape was like planning to murder him. <laughs> so, do they? Can they? That's do my that? point. He, no. you can't fault him. Do other do other animals murder? Mm-hmm. I knew it. Yeah, actually, they do. It's been studied pretty intensely too, and it's fascinating. I literally made Andrew sit through a documentary on whales and dolphins that that. That do this. Dolphins yes, are pretty highly evolved. How they do have premeditated mm-hmm. murder. Cormac McCarthy, in one of the yeah. only interviews I've ever heard from him, said that, uh, I think because he doesn't ever <laughs> do them, said that dolphins are also the only animal that commits suicide or complete suicide. I've heard that before. They're also the only other mammal that has sex for pleasure. What about. And reacts to their reflection in a mirror only. As far as we know, dolphins, because there's a bunch of shit we haven't been able to elephants do that. You know, show in a mirror. Like, here, humpback whale. Well, you're correct. We haven't... I don't think we've tried. <laughs> well, I mean, did, was the mirror big enough? That like, humpback whale doesn't give a shit. <laughs> I, I don't know. 
<laughs> is it a fat mirror? Because all of my mirrors are fat mirrors, and I'm fucking sick of it. If I was a magnificent or not aquatic beast, I feel like I I am. It's actually not even a beast. Damn it. That doesn't have to be a beast. Aquatic creature. Uh, Charbidus from the Odyssey, the whirlpool that just like sucks everything down. I mean, that's an aquatic beast. <laughs> It's not a living thing, though. It's just doesn't like a have whirlpool. to be a living but thing to be a beast. I don't that, think. I didn't. That's fair. Okay. And then what I would like for people to see me as is one of those really genius octopi that can get into small places yeah, and they're majestic cool. and they are cool. They are pretty lever. cool. Yeah. Now, wait, have we shown an octopus as reflection? Because I'm sure that would go well. I'm sure we have. We look it up. What about you? What would you be? I don't know what I would want to be. I've seen enough nature documentaries to know that if you're not an apex predator, like life is basically just fear and suffering. Uh, (laughs) There's aquatic apex predators, basically like go be an orca. I I do think that the, the, my best suited aquatic creature, it happens to be an apex predator. Yeah. I think I'm an an orca. Yeah. We can be whale friends. Super social, black and white. Smooth, but a little, little thick. I like it. <laughs> it's amazing. You know they have distinct yeah. languages. So, so pods are multi generational. So you'll have like family lines, and their their communication gets so specific that a pod just like the next pod over, they can't communicate with each other. But pods that are geographically closer together have more similar languages mm. than pods halfway across. Like the world. humans. Yep. Like humans. If anybody happens to follow me on any sort of social media ever at all, you'll know that the ocean is like my ridiculous obsession. And I made Andrew over the weekend. I mean, we just typed ocean in on Netflix and I made him watch, I mean, eight or nine ocean documentaries. Oh my gosh. What a what trooper. A guy. Yeah. What, <laughs> what a an good incredible sport. man. <laughs> My cat is really into documentaries about um, the deep sea and outer space. The what? And big cats. Deep so throat. When I, I think I she said deep throat. I, yeah, you glitched out. I think you said your cat's really into deep throating. That's. Oh, well, I don't know what he does in his personal time. No. Uh, my cat is into documentaries about. That's not what I heard. Um, the deep, about the ocean, about outer space. <gasps> And about big cats. Oh, man, minus the big cats. Your cats and I have that in common. Well, he, uh, I think the big cats is just like watching porn for Probably. him. He's like, oh, my God, that is huge. That's the biggest I've ever seen. Oh, and, um, <laughs> and then, but the outer space and the deep sea thing, I think it's it's like the points of light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if there is a school of fish, he can't get over himself. He's just like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And then, like, I get psyched because a gigantic shark comes on the screen and he's like, dumb. <laughs> I'm the king of the sea. Your cat is really disagreeable. Hey, speaking of disagreeable people, Mm -hmm. so remember that time when we saw Jeremy Irons? He wasn't disagreeable. But do you remember this Mm. at the Northside Tavern in Atlanta? No, I've forgotten the most magnificent night of my life. It was amazing. We spent four hours working up the courage, and I never did, and Mary went over and talked to him. But before that, I told Brandon I'm going to talk to him. And he was like, I didn't know you were going for the white whale. And then this guy <laughs> yeah. was next to me, and he was, like, trying to talk to me, and he asked me what my name was, and I told him to call me Ishmael. <laughs> Do you remember this? 
I remember that. I also remember that in the course of that night, we gave out weird names God. several. I think that that was the beginning. Yeah, and we kept that just holding Brady's hands. And anytime Brady's someone tried to hit on either of us, we would just be like, "Come play with us, Danny." <laughs> yeah. And then they would walk away. That was the goal. So just what was your anecdote <laughs> about Joss? I did Moby Dick. Oh, I can't believe he didn't the make the most thing. relevant point that he said we had the four best boobs in Atlanta. He did say that about us. <laughs> what he didn't know was that we had five. Dun, dun. Uh, um, is that really what your your surgery was about was removing that third one yeah yeah reduction that's why everything looks so big there was another one underneath horizontally (laughs) like in there (laughs) holding the other ones up Uh like in american horror story angela bassett has three boobs yeah which okay like it's Angela Bassett, I mean, though. Like, I was say, <laughs> it's really hard to get a sense of it being uh, extraordinary. It's on Angela Bassett's body, so right. I accept any of it as stuff. fine. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, it's fine. It's um, fine. What was your story? Me? Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I put in the outline these three ridiculous titles. I'm excited um, to hear the story. Mary and the Faithful Library Books. It reminds people. me of like Nancy Drew and the Corkscrew Staircase. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Or like Babysitter's Club titles were like yeah. this, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, Mary and the Fateful Library Books, a prequel. Then Mary and the Fated Library Book. Oh, Journey. that's different. Yeah, that's book two. And then Mary and the Beast of the Gulf. Oh my God. Fun as fuck culmination. <laughs> <laughs> Beast of the Gulf, incidentally, is what I will call the next man I sleep with. I'm going for it. <laughs> I and that, that will also be a fun as fuck culmination. Hey, 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 great. So, um, so what <laughs> happened was that um, they wouldn't let me start kindergarten when I was four, and I was driving my mom up the wall, so she took me to the library, and I got two books, and both of them scarred me for life. I got The Witches by Roald Dahl. Oh my f- man, <sighs> one of my favorites. Got- that shit is fucked, though. It is. And I got uh, this giant book, a tome, looked like a textbook, about <laughs> sharks. Tome. And so it had a ton of text, <laughs> and the text was all very, like, more academic and even kind of dry. Um, but I was so into it because these right. were, this was amazing. Like, I picked it out for a reason. What I didn't notice when I picked it out was the thick-ass chapter on shark attacks with super <gasps> graphic pictures. Oh, my gosh. So... Yeah, the first two books I ever check out on my own from a library. <laughs> I read I the prologue for the witches where he's like, this shit is real, don't listen to the adults. And I was like, dear God, I'm going back to the sharks. Turn the page. Shark oh my attack. God, that's just a torso. I picture you as Matilda <laughs> <laughs> in the library. <laughs> uh, sort of, yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. So then maybe five, ten years later, I'm in a whole new library on the opposite side of the world looking through the shelves for something I haven't already tried and I see Jaws had no idea it was a book first so I think I can handle this I don't do scary movies but I can read this book way worse books are way worse horrifying then I'll then I'll know what happens in the movie and can talk about it like a person but this was my strategy that book is not appropriate for children (laughs) But yeah, so that fucked me up again. Because I was like, this is so much about um, people wanting to have sex or not wanting to have sex. And 
there is actually not a lot of shark happening right now, and I just, I don't know what to do with myself if this is what adulthood is going to be like. Very few sharks, lots of internal turmoil. I don't know if I want to grow up. (laughs) So then, this has, and now all these seeds are planted that I'm super into sharks and love to talk about sharks and read about sharks and watch documentaries about sharks. I'm really into sharks just in general. And I got to go on a deep sea fishing trip last summer. And uh, my whole thing was, I want to see a shark. And they were like, oh, you're going to see a ton. You'll probably catch several. And I was like, no, no, but like, I want to see one that could eat me. Like, I want to see a big, scary shark. And they were like, well, that's unlikely, but who knows? And the very first time we slow down, we're just trolling some like bait behind that can. I don't remember all the proper terminology, but everyone's chatting and having a beer. And I look up and I was like, shark, 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 shark. Oh my God. Because the fin is coming up out of the water, like we're in a goddamn movie, and it's this big, um, you are listening to me, so you have no idea what I'm saying. It's okay. the length of your arm in a triangle big. Forearm length. Yeah, like, is what my, like, forearm, my forearms. Yeah. 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 Elbow, elbow to tip. Got yeah, it. I mean, like, we're, I'm saying each side of yeah. this dorsal fin is at, like, foot, foot and a half. Um... Which means the one that's attached to it is... Iceberg! Gigantic. Yeah. It's it's actually... It (laughs) wasn't... It was just like a really fast iceberg. It wasn't even a shark at all. Um, So, I'm I'm just stunned, right? Like, all I wanted to see was this, like, big, scary shark. And now we are looking back at something that the people in the boat who do this almost every day of their lives were like, I've never seen anything like that. That's awesome. The only species that could be shouldn't get that big no, they don't actually do this. Because I was like, this is, they don't actually swim with their fins sticking out. And they were like, no, that's not common. So I got to have this incredibly cinematic moment. I wish it had gotten closer because I have so many questions for it. <laughs> that's, my, that's my little history of sharks. And now all that's left is to finally swim with one. Don't become just an abdomen like the person yeah. in your book. I... Not that I'm discouraging that. I swim with sharks. It was I did it too, and I had to pee so bad, and I got stage fright, and I couldn't. They were watching me. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It happened oh my god. a long time ago. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That's it was uh, in in Central America, so it was just like out in the ocean, which, in retrospect, is fucking stupid. Like I should not have done that. My dad should not have let me done do that. But you know, the arrogance of youth. On both our parts. <laughs> anyway. So we were going to talk first about the setting of Jaws, right? Mm-hmm. So most of the setting kind of like ties into this whole like theme of isolation. And I think, let me backtrack here before I get into the other stuff. I put in my notes, like, mm-hmm. is it accidental that Amity is an island? Is that purposeful that it's an island? Is it just kind of cool because it's an island? And they're trying to go for this, you know, islander versus outsider kind of thing. Or is there more to it as far as isolation goes? Because everywhere you turn, isolation in the sense of smallness is just kind of lurking behind every creepy shark-filled corner. Well, according to the capital R rules of Mm -hmm. literature, (laughs) nothing can be on accident. Everything has to be on purpose. And if you fucked up, we get to run with it. So, yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's all on purpose. Everything's isolated for a reason. Hooray! Yeah. I think the thing that really stuck with me about the book was not so much the sex, but 
specifically that mm-hmm. sense of isolation that each character was in some sort of vac- vacuum that they felt distant from yeah, or at odds with people around them. Particularly the chapters with, um, oh my gosh. Uh, Quinn. Uh, what's Ms. Brody, what's her oh, first name? I don't name? know. We I know who you're talking about. I just say Brody. Mm-hmm. She's a much more prominent character in the book and her chapters really just like haunted me. The idea of, of ending up in this situation where everything about your life looks like you look like you're living everyone else's vacation mm-hmm. and everything about your life feels cold and two miles away. And numb. yeah, it's eerie. Yeah. I think the two people, as far as their kind of relationship with isolation that stuck out the most to me was Brody and Chrissy you know, Chrissy's attack, because she kind of, she wanders off into the water, and she's supposed to be having, you know, this fun, I guess it's supposed to be romantic, but her dude is shit face, so it can only be so romantic, uh, moment. That was never going to be good, girl. What are you doing? Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, she gets left behind, or she's in the water, and she leaves him behind, because he's completely passed out, so she's not alone in the sense that there's not somebody in close proximity to her. But she's completely isolated because, like, they're not conscious. She's alone. She has nobody she can call to. And then she just gets all. So that attack scene is Mm -hmm. shot, like, right at the waterline. Yeah. Like, we're in the water with her. Mm -hmm. Um, Did that scene remind you guys of that scene from Showgirls? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Of course I know what you're talking about. Oh, my God. It does now. I didn't think of it then. Which one do we think came first? Because that one, in Showgirls, it also looks like she's being attacked by sharks. Oh, I got the crux of the joke. Don't worry. (laughs) I just try to avoid thinking about that scene. I couldn't help it, though. That's exactly what I thought of. And it's so cool, too, right? Like, that scene being shot as though we're in the water with her. It is cool. And they just picked her instead of us. It is really cool. But also, while I was watching it, I was like... I'm not scared like I should be. I'm just thinking about Jesse from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> Getting railed. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Yeah. That was the some of the least appealing sex I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, that was talking about sharks is going to scar me, too. Oh my no, God. you'll be okay. okay. Let's talk about, how, about Brody. Brody's isolated, too, but in, like, a completely different way. He's on the island, but everybody in Amity completely distrust him and doesn't accept him because he's not from the island. Yeah. He's an outsider. But I have been thinking a lot about this, about this since I, you know, rewatched the movie, mm-hmm. that uh, the kind of casual and comfortable way, we, we take for granted this apex predator status, but as soon as you take away any of our tools, Ooh. we're, we're useless. We're vulnerable. Completely. So something like a, a shark that, of course we can kill. But of course we... We just don't have to go in the water. There's so there's so many ways to avoid mm-hmm. being eaten by a shark, and yet it happens. It happens a lot because we just cheerfully run into the ocean mm-hmm. in the middle of the night when we've been drinking because because it's fun that. and that guy is like pretty cute, I guess, by seventy standards. <laughs> Even though, what is he doing with that haircut? You think it might wash away once you get in the water? The bad hair, because you know, guys always do that little. They throw their the little swish. They throw their head. They throw their bangs, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So well, that's the thing. That's the kind that's of what she was hoping that's the kind for. of like 
confidence and, and casual oh, yeah, totally. excitement that you can only have if you've never actually felt that threatened. Right. If you actually come face to face with something that will threaten your mortality, mm-hmm. you're going to, you're never going to quite be like that again. Right. Yeah, and the other thing I feel like the moral of this story is you should fear the ocean out of respect. That's just me. You absolutely should fear the ocean out of respect. Going to uh, going on that trip last summer, the when we got out into, they kept saying blue water, blue water, blue water, and I didn't get it until we got there. And it was the most brilliant sapphire shock. There was a line of demarcation where mm-hmm. the ocean looked kind of the way we picture it when it gets deep, that kind of murky yeah. look, that very very dark look. And suddenly, it was it was the most brilliant. It's pretty. Yeah, it's like sitting on top of things. Thing. That's what it feels like. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then looking down, um, I was like, "Oh, it's a beautiful!" I reached over the edge, and the guy was like, "Yeah, if you see anything, it's kind of hard to tell how big it is because it's so far down." And I said, "What are you talking about?" And he said, "Well, you may see something, and we're gonna, yeah, you know, we'll think it's an amberjack, but it's actually three hundred feet deeper than we think it is." And I was like, "We can." We can just see. The ocean's fucking cool. In this case, though, like, with, um, I, I'm not saying that you're wrong or that I disagree with you, but, like, all of these attacks, with the exception of, like, when the guys go out to face the monster, um, they're all, like, in three feet deep of water. And, and I think that we're kind of set up to, especially with Chrissy, to be like, well, of course she's going to get attacked by a shark. Like, she's the slutty one in the horror movie. Like, she's, like, it's just, like, immediate slut-shaming mm. because it's her. And the guy is too drunk, and so that's why he gets off the hook. Because drunk is is less sinful than slutty in the realm of the horror movie. Yes. And if you're a dude, it doesn't really matter. Like, if you're a hot white dude, then you're, I mean. You're fine. You're going to make it, yeah. Especially um, in, like, 70s and 80s. <laughs> yeah, well, most shark attacks happen. Yeah, which is, that's true too. So like when we see that it happened to the kids, then it's like, oh shit, no, this is a monster. It's not just, you know, her deserving it or whatever, which I'm saying in a facetious way. I do not mean that to be the way that I think at all. I do not think of that. But um, I think. No, but that's the construct. Yes. That's the construct you're expecting. Yeah, trope wise. And then it comes out from under you. Tracking the tropes on this was so much fun because there were so many Mm -hmm. horror movie tropes. And this is like one of the and sunniest movies ones, ever made. Too. Yeah. yeah. It's one of the sunniest movies ever made. Mm-hmm. Literally, they are in the sun for so much of it. Yeah. You don't track how very classically like plain Jane horror this is. Yeah, that's yeah, very this is true. like a by yeah. the numbers mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's well executed. Yeah. It's very almost not formulaic, it's it's just it plays on those tropes without, like, totally embodying them as we expect them to happen. There's just enough subversion each time. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. when you catch it, you're like, oh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it is just that kind of thing that is happening. Everything about it is happening so publicly in these in broad daylight. Yeah. Um, as opposed to horror, dark corners, sneak out and jump. We do get one good jump scare. Yeah. <laughs> Should we talk about that right now? Are we thinking about the same thing? The first time that we... When you can see the shark over his shoulder... Oh, that's not the part I was talking about, but go ahead. Oh, that's that's the moment where, like, I... I, The first time I saw it, I was like, Oh, no! Because he didn't know yet. I knew before he did. Yeah. So it was like the double fear of, 
oh god, look at it. And also, like, no, 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 get out, get out, come here, come here, come here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, the one that I was thinking of was, is when Hooper goes down to check out that boat that sank, and he finds that tooth, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Holy, he's like, holy God!" You know, you, you can see it. He holds it up, and it's like big, almost as big as his palm, like one yeah. shark tooth. And then from the hole, a human face turns. I was yeah. like, "Oh my God!" <laughs> I was oh, <laughs> so screwed. <Ugh>, so <laughs> it's not supposed to be there. Spielberg got the notion from watching people from screening this film and watching the way people reacted that you actually only get one good jump scare. Yeah. Because once you've done it for the rest of the movie, they're on edge. They're expecting it. Yeah, exactly. So I don't, this, this time around the jump for me was, Oh my God, I forgot. It was going to just be there in such a, it was almost like it was just like posing for a picture with him. Like it was photobombing him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even going to bite you, buddy. I just want to do rabbit ears. Like, <laughs> Smile! I'm already smiling. <laughs> smile, you son of a bitch! He's got so many teeth; uh, he's ready to smile. That made me jump this time, but I, I don't remember if, where I had the biggest reaction the first time I saw it. I, mean, I do remember him like mo- mm-hmm. someone moving out of frame, and the shark being like right behind them, and being like, "Oh no!" But I don't think it scared me for real. Like it didn't make me jump. They know the shark is in the vicinity at that point. They just didn't realize he was yeah. like right there. Yeah, yeah, like there. He was just fucking around. He's already he was leaning on the bar, listening to their conversation. Leaning on the bar. <laughs> I, want, I want to swim with something that will... Can kill you. Can take you yeah, down in one swipe. Cause me to confront my mortality. Okay, well, here's the thing, though. It will do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't want you to I do know. it, please. <laughs> or don't tell okay. me until you come back. I don't... I don't I don't mean, like, I'm going to get in a wetsuit and hunt for a tiger shark and then, like, fist fight it. Like a sim. I'm, I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah, like in Sims Island Paradise, where they're like fist fighting sharks all the time. Oh, yeah. So I don't want to do that. I, but I, I do want to be in the water with said creature, and then like something protective is happening. Please, like a shark-proof yes. cage. That's with air quotes. You guys who can't see me but are just listening. Shark-proof cage. <laughs> Cages are fine. Yes, because those don't actually break down when it's not a summer blockbuster. Uh, well, the shark cages are super safe. They're positioned that one wasn't perfectly though. so that like mouths can't grasp onto them really well. They're safe. Well, that one was that one was, was going to say horror, horror movie. movies it aren't has to break down or there's nothing to watch. I feel like Hooper <laughs> is very well educated, but also fairly arrogant because he saw a shark one time and then read about them for twenty mm-hmm. years or whatever. Um, how did you guys feel about him? I didn't. I liked him though. Like when he got there, I was like, "Cool, he's gonna shake it up a little bit. He doesn't take himself too seriously," which I did like that about him. Even though he was an academic, like he could have easily been written as like this very loathsome, head up his own ass, yuppie kind of. Yeah, not really yuppie, but like uh, you know, hipster. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Um, which is horrible, and that's not what he is. Yeah. To to read about this character in the book, Dreyfus okay. is the actual very last thing you would picture. Dramatically. The, in the book, this guy... I mean, Brody's wife has an affair with him. Ew. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The book is not for children. But you know, I bet that would, like... Because I have a thing in here about the ending where I'm like, okay, so they just, like, paddleboard to safety? What? No. That's not how this... 
there's no drama in that kickboarding off into the sunset. No. But if they're doing that and and they are sleeping with the same woman, that adds a new level of conflict that mm-hmm. is more interesting to me and not suitable for children because this ro- movie is rated PG somehow because they didn't have PG-13 yet, right? Yeah, as I said, yeah. ratings were different then. So there's no yeah. nudity. There's no, like, major cussing in it. There's just some gore. We don't we don't see anything when Chrissy is literally peeling her clothes off on the beach? No. No, not really. You see some side boob and silhouette. That's it. Um, also, you do see a dis- like a, a severed limb float, like sinking to the bottom of the ocean, though, which I remember seeing that and being like, shit, that looks real. And then you see, like, the... Uh, hermit crabs crawling over her uh, severed arm mm-hmm. on the beach, and then you see like a uh, when he, when Hooper is investigating or doing like the shark uh, the autopsy, I guess, of her remnants. Um, he pull mm-hmm. he pulls it out. Oh, another like really cool thing about Hooper is like he's not afraid to get in there and do the clinical shit, which I like. Um, like when they catch when they get the shark that is not the shark. Yeah, and I love that camera angle too. That was really cool, where you just see mm-hmm. him slinging stuff out of the guts. That was really cool. And there's no blood, but it's still nasty. And he kind of, for a second, goes, huh, and then like just jumps right back in there, which I thought was pretty cool. There's It, it gives this, that weird sense of, because they've been drinking. At this point, they are, yeah. they are drunk doing this. All of the uh, fun shit happens after they've had a few. Oh, Isn't that like... Right, most realistic <laughs> yes. part. Um, but it, it feels... So then you get the sensation watching as if you are, like, sitting on the floor. To yes. Looking, like, up in a scan. Yeah, on the other side the of the wrong shark. angle. Yeah. Yeah. It's hmm. pretty cool. Like, you've just got your back to the opposite wall. So, uh, I, I, I enjoy So, that. Hooper is fine to me. Like, I like him fine. I feel like he's the person that I would have been friends with most easily. In the in the cast I among the three, that. Um, did you guys like uh, Brody? Did you like him? What do you mean by like? Okay, fair enough. Like, do I want him to get it? Yes. Oh, I knew. I fucking knew you were going to say <laughs> that about him. Rob Schneider. Do you? Or not Rob Schneider? Roy Schneider. Uh, yes. Roy he Schneider. looks like uh, the other guy that you like from the floppy guy from Rosemary's Baby that you like. The floppy guy. The flop with more oops guy. Yeah, the flop with more oops guy. No, but they have the same, like, aesthetic. Like, if you were going to describe them, you would describe them the same way. I could see that. I think it's just a contemporaneous thing. Like, a stylistic of an era thing. That's fair. And not necessarily, like, actual appearance. They look the same to me, but that could be (laughs) the stylization. So, obviously, my favorite character is Quint. Oh, yes. That's that's the thing I knew yeah. you were gonna to say before I opened yeah. that line. His death is is extremely different in the movie than in the book though, and I he drowns in the book and then he gets shark attacked in the movie. I feel like the drowning is I like that better. I was gonna say I like the drowning. I I think the drowning is a better choice. Right. There's something kind of sad and mm-hmm. poetic and even like yeah. Pitiful mm-hmm. about this this like master seaman. <laughs> uh, you know he like, is though. You know he got it. Uh, he can get it. He can get it too. Everyone on that show can. You know get he it. just needs to get his land legs good. The whole cast <laughs> of jobs can go. get it, Mary. Not said. the whole cast of jobs. Some of them can. Some of them. The shark can get it. Um, <laughs> the mayor cannot get it. The shark could definitely no, get no it. No mayor. Oh, as far as his death goes. I'll come back to this later, but the 
the, the clearly the prototype for this narrative is Moby Dick. Like, there's just no getting around it. It's it's not like shot for shot or anything. There's a lot of difference. Oh, but like absolutely, the the uh, plot points are very similar. So that makes Quint Ahab, and mm-hmm. Ahab gets like pulled down into the sea with Moby Dick, or by Moby Dick. Sorry. So that's why I was thinking like mm-hmm. the drowning makes more sense because. You know, it's supposed to be like the perfect American novel. I don't know. I only made it one third of the way through. It's beautiful and awesome, but then I got distracted. Um, but yeah, so I I like that. I like that. I mean, I don't want him to drown. I don't want him to die at all. But with the monologue that he delivers, which was like, okay, so let's talk about that because that pissing contest of like, here's my biggest scar, and he's like, here's my biggest scar, but the one you can't see. <laughs> I like your notes. That's Mary. Yeah. Ultimate dick measuring by scar no, competition. Yeah. Dick measuring by scar. First <laughs> of all, people actually do this. <laughs> men do it a lot, a lot. But also, I think men are not discouraged from having visible scars nearly as much as women are. No, like, right. They're not going to like sit there and moisturize it every day if they right. have one. It's really popular in my mm-hmm. field of work. We do it all the time. We're like, look at this bite mark from a kid. I'd be like, that's mm-hmm. nothing. Look at this one where they like ripped me with scissors. Yeah. So. Yeah. And. and and somehow, bizarrely, they are, instead of whipping out their dicks, they're whipping out their wounds, and <laughs> the guy who wins the contest right. is the guy nothing happened to. It's the guy who has a story about what happened to everyone. Yeah, it's the emotional scar, right? It's worse. It is. Yes. Yes, the trauma. <laughs> I wish you guys could have seen so, Mary's creepy fucking expression and smile. <laughs> Where you look like you were on Black Hole Sun music video. Oh, yeah. Too big a smile. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> the, uh, so this monologue. Yes. Shaw had been drinking a lot, a lot on set. It was causing He looked drunk, and I was like, this is convincing acting, and then I saw your note. He was, he was not actually, um, like, he wasn't, they were, they were, it was a problem. Yeah. That he was not performing to the level he needed to be consistently wasn't showing up like it was a problem he and Dreyfus did not like each other at all Hmm. and fought constantly the drinking just exacerbated that because then Dreyfus was like like stop yeah you're you're messing everyone else up right so they shot that scene and because they were going to be drunk in it he got drunk before (laughs) they shot that whole scene why the fuck not the thing is they got all of the interactions and then the monologue was useless. What? They didn't get a single usable thing. What? From the monologue. So he was he was understandably mortified. Didn't want them to cut it because he felt like it was beautiful and powerful. Came back the next day, totally sober, said, let me do it again. And what you're seeing in the movie is a single take that he wow. did. Wow. One time. One time he did it that way. And that's that's, that's cool. how that that's that's how it turns out. That was stunning. Yes, right? that was the part that like before that I was like, okay, Jaws. And then when he started talking about the USS Indianapolis, I was like, shit is getting real. Like this is the part that I actually care about. Mm-hmm. And it's a real. It's a. I mean, it's a real historical event. Yeah, it is a such a beautiful performance. He was not nominated for an Academy Award, and it was widely regarded to be an egregious snub. Well, it was really beautiful, and I remember, like, I mean, like, 
the writing throughout this is good. It's just like it's so dated. I think that it was hard to engage with, mm-hmm. really, like on an emotional level, until that part. And that's how you know that it's like uh, everything like gels, right? Is when when you're seeing something that's like thirty, uh, well, almost forty years old. Yeah, yeah, well over that. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it's like it's a, I can't do mental math. You guys, five. Yeah, there's this. I feel like there's this kind of shift in that moment and you've been watching a summer blockbuster and all of a sudden you're watching a Eugene O'Neill play. <laughs> but only for the next four minutes. Or so. But that's how it's effective, right? It's like, it's just a little of it. If it was that the whole time, I'd be like, no, this is too much. And the book is kind of that energy more so throughout okay. that more of that like intensity and more of that like internal. I mean, it's a book. It's more internal. You can be more internal when you're writing because yeah. Because you're reading it and not seeing it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Also with that monologue, and then I'll let it rest a little. Um, (laughs) uh, That's the, until then, I don't think, I mean, that was the first time I started to take him seriously. Like as a person who could actually do this. Because when they're like, come on, we're hiring you. He's like, get the iron cramp, the clamps and the vice grips. And and he's just like listing a whole, it's like me packing, right? Like just throw everything in there. (laughs) I need three cans of beans. It's just dumb stuff. Yeah. Like, he's just being kind of weird. And then you figure out why he's so unhinged. And it's like, oh, no, this is a real thing. Like, this is a real vendetta for you. And it, it means more than just, like, an inconvenience during the summer season. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that that underneath all of that, all the idiosyncrasy and underneath all of the, like, antagonistic behavior. Yeah. Is this person who has survived this horrifying event can you and imagine? I cannot imagine that nope. scenario. And the Not vulnerability, even yeah. the vulnerability of the experience, and the, the vulnerability of him talking about it exactly. to these guys who don't take him seriously. The vulnerability of having lived through this and acknowledging the the empathetic experience of watching these men yeah. around you suffer this way, and then the vulnerability and empathy and compassion it takes to to relay the story again. Yeah, that's not the first time. You don't tell a story sounding like that if it's the first time you've told it. No. He wasn't revealing yeah. this to them as a... This wasn't a disclosure. Right. Yeah. This is his story. And he's yeah. been telling it for a long time. I don't get the sense that he told it to a lot of people, though. No, but that when he has told it, he knows what the impact of the story is. Right. Yeah. And that is what it takes. All of that vulnerability, all of that empathy and compassion... That is when everyone says, ah, yes, he is the most masculine aboard the ship. We will back down. (laughs) Right. And he doesn't even have to tell the story for Hooper to get it, right? Like, he says, I was on the USS Indianapolis, and then Hooper goes, oh, shit, you were on that? Yeah. Like, that's 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 all all he needed to say for him. Yeah. 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 So, apparently, um, vulnerability is equivalent to BDE. I don't know. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Tell tell the listeners. Sorry, it took me a second to unwrap that. Oh, yeah. So vulnerability equals big dick energy. Oh, Oh, that's not what I thought you were talking about. (laughs) This movie is all just like big dick energy swinging everywhere. All these characters, all this behavior is ridiculous. Big dick energy. What did you think she was talking about? I had no idea. I didn't have any guess. That's how I was looking at her real confused. No, I thought it was the behavioral... uh, DBT? Dialectical Behavioral Therapy? Yes, that's what I thought it was. (laughs) Behavioral Therapy. No, uh, I was talking about a shallow internet thing. Yeah, you were. (laughs) 
big dick energy. Is that like a real thing? Just get online. I don't want to Google it. No, I'm saying just go to any just go to any website ever. I have literally never seen it, and I am in the, the in the internet. south in the country they call it cockstrong. Never heard no, that never either. Heard that. They might. I don't know. I, they might be the same thing because I'm not familiar with cockstrong, so I don't know yeah, if like, the, the connotation. I think is that's what it is. I don't know what any of these things are, so I'm just gonna sit over here in the corner and. Oh, but among these, among these, uh, these men, we we also get to knock out a bunch of tropes. And I think another smart thing that he does is that they just bam, 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 like dominoes. He doesn't sit in any of it very long. Yeah. Um, so you have the outraged expert who threatens to leave when he when no one trusts mm-hmm. him. So I mean, you start with the trope of the outsider intellectual expert versus the local street smart. Or like, like, you've got the folks who actually know the island, who actually live this life, and you've got the guy who's read about mm-hmm. it. But you, it turns out you need both to get this done. Guess um, which one dies, though? Ayo. Um, the Ayo. outrage expert who threatens to leave, which, again, every time, except that he's never going to leave because he's the expert he can't walk away from a find this big. He's got to see how it turns out. Right. Got to see. And then the salty-ass real expert the, who's actually lived through the thing. Right. Who's like, okay, well, you the guys go, guy. like, dick around for a little while, and then when you need, when you fail, inevitably, you know, do it the way that I told you to the first time. <laughs> yeah. Call me when you're ready yeah. for me to do a fraction of the thing I've already survived. Mm-hmm. Gotta work smarter, not yeah. harder, guys. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, I really love the women characters in this movie. Oh my god, it just the representation is fantastic. Oh my gosh. Don't you agree? No. Women and people of color everywhere. There's no one of no. color. I was Every like looking at Drive being like, is he can he be kind of something? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I was just hoping, you know. Uh yeah. You're reaching. Okay. I I remember one one There's a black lady on the beach. Black person. Yep, yeah. that's it. Was she black or was she just really tan? I'm pretty sure she's black. Oh, I don't know. I was just asking. I just assumed that the fact that it was a beach and there were probably going to be a lot of people that were very well tanned, that was enough color for them in this film. Yeah. That was enough color for the 70s. Yeah. 70s kind of went one way or the other, right? Like they had all of one ethnic group usually on screen. Yes. Um, usually white, but not always. So we had like we have a black lady on the beach, not named, no lines. And then... Um, Three scenes with guys immediately. That was like three lines, maybe. Then we have um, Brody's wife. Which she says while taking off her clothes. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Brody's wife who makes them coffee. but Well, she offers two, but then he brought wine. Red and white, just in case. Which, that's the kind of house guest you want to motherfucking be, also. Bring both. That's, that's what right. I'm saying. Like, the way he, he shows up, and it, there it's evident why this is annoying. But it's also like... Kind of not. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, whenever you stay with someone, you want to leave the house better than when you left like, it. Brody needed that wine. Yes. And he pours it uh, in his water glass. <laughs> that was a nice touch, I thought. You know, the way, this, the way these characters drink makes me so happy because that's... This is what's left in my glass from last night. It's, yours isn't full, though. No, because I drank most of it last night. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> As she continues you to think, sip. Man. Um... So we have those two, and then I decided, because there were no other women, that the shark was going to be a female. I just okay. decided. I, I mean, know that's not probably biologically possible, but neither is any of this. Well, 
It is a robot. Yes. It is animatronic. They did not think to test it in salt water. <laughs> I heard about this. No, it dissolved. So they put it in and it sank like a rock to the <laughs> bottom and did nothing. And it started to dissolve. Yeah. So like all the work they did was just... For nothing. Um, and they started They started off calling the shark Bruce. I'm pretty sure Spielberg ended up with some sort of vulgar name for it because it was a piece of shit and didn't work well. So this movie, and here's where I say the music really like does does a lot of work for us. This would have been a very different movie if the shark had worked the way Spielberg wanted it to work. What Part of what's so scary, right, is all of those intense and bizarre shots from beneath oh, yeah. the water and the shark. Those feet, underwater at the water yeah. level, At the water level as if you're alongside them. The reason we don't see the shark is that it didn't work. Yeah. The original intention was for the shark to be happening in all of these moments. I'm so glad it didn't. No, no it was much more effective, that, I think. That's always monster mm-hmm. movies are better when you don't see the monster for, like, half of it. Which I don't think we... We do until about halfway through. We see the other shark, which is also huge. But this is—I feel like this is just a part of what makes this so fantastic—is the pacing. Yes, it is just shy of breakneck until they get out on the water, Mm -hmm. and then it feels longer than it is because we've been moving so quickly, and there's been so many bodies, and there's been so much conversation, and then they get the the three guys get out on the water. It's not a very long stretch of film that they're doing this, but that isolation and quiet in these pockets feels really alien after rushing yeah, like that. But but it, it doesn't feel hurried. Like, it's not like I struggle to follow what's happening. It's just, um, it moves at a nice mm-hmm. clip. You don't get complacent anywhere. Yeah, that was nice. And even when it slows down, it's not like, Ugh, something needs to happen, you know? It's never too slow. Because then they earned it. They earn the Indianapolis monologue. Mm-hmm. For sure. You have to slow down for that. Because we've been talking about this, and we've been talking about this, and then you get smacked in the face with someone's lived mm-hmm. reality about it. Yes, you stop what you're doing and listen. So. What else was scary to you guys? Or was anything scary to you in this movie? I don't think there's much about the movie that was particularly scary for me, but I think this movie did a really great job tiptoeing that line between fear in wonderment we find things beautiful and scary kind of at the same time i think that's how you know like we're in awe of the shark because it's so big Mm -hmm. and destructive and powerful and respected out of fear but also we are afraid of it because it is big and destructive and powerful it's kind of the same with the ocean and how you know like extreme weather it's like tornadoes cool to watch a movie of it fucking scary as hell yeah, natural disaster is really terrifying. Yeah. For sure. And this one did a good job of finding times where it was just truly gory and horrific and just kind of calm and awe-inspiring, for lack of a better term. Yeah, like Mary was saying with those shots from underwater. Mm-hmm. Like, that's yeah. so beautiful to me, just watching anything underwater. Mm-hmm. Something about it is, like, very calming. I often put on um, documentaries about... Anything in the ocean. Yeah. If I've been having trouble sleeping. Part of that, right, is not only the the refracted lighting, so you can't see mm-hmm. very well, but also, um, especially in this movie, when the camera goes underwater, you don't hear as well. Yeah. So it mutes it everything it. out. And I didn't notice the soundtrack, which I guess means that it was really effective, but I did notice... And it was also pretty effective, I thought, uh, when we would go underwater to see, like, a kid swimming. 
right? From the shark's perspective, it's like we're sneaking up on these motherfuckers. Like it's it's scary, even though it should be soothing, right? The second I'm looking through your eyes yeah. at your own world, yeah. Every time I do it, it gets harder and harder to think of you as a monster. Yep. And the shark is like a monster to us, but not. It's just doing what sharks do. Yeah. Like sharks are scary motherfuckers. Like they don't stop moving because they'll die, which is amazing, and they eat shit like that's their deal they're predators that's that is literally what, what they do, do. Yep. that is why they exist yeah, I mean, they you don't... come into their world and they eat us and we get mad yeah. and we kill them yeah and they don't actually eat us that's what's amazing about this is that like right they are no, killing they really machines that, that is a right. this is an animal so flawless for what it does that it hasn't actually evolved it doesn't need to like They've just been swimming around since dinosaurs, exactly the same the whole time. The big ones died off because yeah. the bigger, uh, everything else big died off. And then the biggest ones that could get by are just chilling. Kept getting by. The two sharks that, that yeah. are un, are more likely to just go for broke um, are tiger sharks, which when he says that, that line in the movie about like they're like, they'll eat anything. Mm-hmm. He pulls out a license plate. Mm-hmm. That is, that's factual. Yeah. Like, they have found astonishing things in the stomachs of tiger sharks. They will eat anything, and they are—they can get to be huge. That's one of the possible uh, breeds of shark that I saw out in the Gulf, just based on the size of the thing, like, because they can get to be 18 feet, and that would make sense. Um, and then bull sharks, which are actually just kind of aggressive and hostile, and they can swim in brackish water. Which makes them scarier. Yeah. Which is so upsetting. Yeah, just like, I found a river. Let's check it out. And both of those sharks um, tend more often than others to come check it out shallows, three, five feet deep water, just just to see what's there. So uh, sharks don't really let you see their fin because that is a bad move. Like well, that gets rid of the Most of the things they eat are not above the water, so it wouldn't matter. Right. Like they don't, they're not coming right. to the surface to grab things unless it's a seal, yeah. in which case they're not coming even from an angle where their fin is much of a thing, I think. Right. And then those motherfucking kids with the, he made me, go fuck yourself, kids. Like, you should be terrified. And then kids actually do That's get their own fault. eaten because you're dicking around, distracting, the, they're distracting the police from doing their actual job. Stupid. Well, also, I mean, it's totally a cried wolf situation, right? Exactly. Yes. So other things that are scary about Jaws. We've, we keep jumping around the, the, the music. It works. It's my yeah. mother, my mother saw this in theaters. It was actually one of, she had just come to this. She hadn't been in the States very long at all. And she said she sat in the dark, just waiting to see who did the score. Because John Williams' name wasn't didn't huge yet. pop up at the top of the credits. This was his breakout. And now, if you if you just named like any random four blockbusters and said, "Can you can you sing the theme from that?" they they would do it. But this was the breakout. This was the thing that put him on the map. That made both uh, Williams and Spielberg ready for prime time. I think the whole idea of class and economy and political mistrust also makes this movie pretty scary too. Um, 
you know, we see in the beginning that the mayor kind of knows that he should shut the beach before their big busy holiday, but he doesn't want to miss out on any of that, the vacation yeah. money. So he chooses like a big dummy money. to leave it open. And which is stupid because it is going to cost him because he may have earned the money for people coming in now, but now you've got lawsuits and you've got people that aren't going to come back next year. Dumb. Mm-hmm. Yep. And this is the other woman that I liked in the movie. The 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 mother of the boy who gets mm-hmm. eaten. She slaps the shit Mrs. out of Kittner. him. I loved Mrs. her. Kittner. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, Megan. She is yeah, our, go for she's it. our I love it. She's my I like her. <laughs> you know, the years, I was trying to think of something clever, but years I years after years and years after the movie, like decades after the movie. This actress who played Mrs. Kintner goes into a shop, like a, like a sandwich shop, a restaurant. She gets, she sees a, like a Kintner special on the menu. Like the joke being that like the kid is the sandwich. And mentions to her server, like, that's so funny. I actually was in that movie. So out comes the owner, which was the kid. <gasps> Yay! They hadn't seen each other since the movie and now... I love when you give me cool movie trivia. (laughs) But yeah, for real, uh, fuck capitalism in this movie and the play on the word shark. So I kind of put, you know, like the shark is a placeholder for a lot of different themes. And then someone took it a step further and, you know, like a political shark as well. So dun, dun, dun. Who's the real enemy shark here? Yeah, that that stuck with me so much that the shark was almost incidental that what it did was simply give everyone an excuse, not even a reason, an excuse to come at their baggage or air it or just to to blow up their lives, Mm -hmm. basically. And we we see that very differently in the movie, that the shark isn't even the problem if we just stopped If you just closed for that week in the summer, then we wouldn't have these issues if we just left the shark alone for a minute swims several hundred miles in like a day so it's fine it would just leave but uh yeah it's what the shark does to these people and how they treat each other or depending on how you look at it the idea of the shark is the is simply the staging ground yeah for the people and the people are the monsters people are monsters i stand by it See, I thought you might be a little more hostile to the shark. Me? Because it eats a dog. But that's what sharks, like, it's a thing that they do. Actually, I feel like they don't specifically (laughs) eat dogs. Crocodiles do. I mean, alligators do. They do it all the time in Florida. Florida is crazy land. But he's just a big, nasty predator. And I'm sure, like, if you threw a child into his mouth, he'd eat a child too and i'm not going to be mad at the shark necessarily for eating the child be mad at him for like throwing the child in his mouth but like the shark is just doing what sharks does yeah and i I don't think it's even a i don't think it's accidental that the first time we anyone sees or says the word that the first time the word shark happens in the movie is on a typewriter in a bureaucratic form you don't hear it you just see it and even when you see it's not you don't see the shark Right. You see a representation. Yeah. Oh, that's that cool. we can mm-hmm. that we can that we can palette because it's it's cut and dry, it's on a piece of paper, it's 
just black and white. Mm-hmm. That was the main thing that the main like source of fear that I found in this movie too. I mean, I said before like it's a retelling of Moby Dick. It's just kind of updated. And uh, do you guys remember when Caitlin was on and she was like, well, horror movies are just, they represent whatever the culture is afraid of at the time. Yes. Um, so. There was a During the time that this movie was in works and coming out, Nixon was president. Uh, the country had a whole lot of financial hardships going on. There was a whole lot of mistrust in politics, which we see, you know, directly represented in this film. And we were kind of in the middle of a reluctant, were in Asia. So everything that we kind of see that was big and turmoil wise, like going on in the country was, I mean, we really do see a lot of it. Ooh, an, a trope, a trope that plays out in the, uh, the politicking is actually not from horror movies. It's from like, it's from mob movies and heist movies. Yes. It's when, right. they dress, when, when they pull him aside to make sure he's got his story straight. Mm-hmm. I was going to bring back in kind of what you were saying about with it being a reflection of the culture at the time. And so if this is a retelling of Moby Dick, right, which it can't not be. It just, I mean, like it's, there's I too mean, many things that line up is. for it, at least to not have be an homage to that. So um, that's supposed to be one of the romantic novels, which if you guys didn't know, this is what my, my friend Sarah, who is a um, PhD student about Southern literature and, and the modernists, um, she said, so what happened in modernism, right, is that everybody, not everybody, but the Western world was Christian, and then all of these industrializations happened, and they couldn't reconcile their belief system with what was actually happening with science and all of these developments. And so she synthesized it as, everything sucks, what do we do? <laughs> Which is kind of what happens in Moby Dick, right, is like he's trying to, get, he has a vendetta against this monster that took his leg. Right. So he's trying to get his get his leg back, but not really. He's just trying yeah. to kill the monster. Um, and in our case with the update, right, um, we're going more into the postmodern world, which is same issues, new response, which according to my friend Sarah is everything sucks, whatever, just go with it, <laughs> which is postmodernism, which is kind of what they do. Right. Because it's like we're not shutting down the beach. Yeah, like, we're just going to work with it. Happen. It'll be fine. If we ignore it, it will go away. Right, which nope. that's never the case with a problem nope. of any kind. But but yeah, so the, the point I was trying to make is that uh, this is like a postmodern retelling of Moby Dick because every it, the, the shark is not the monster anymore. It's the reaction of whatever, just go with it. That is the scary part, I think. Mm. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I had two ideas and I tried to make them into hey. one. No, I'm not I sure think they came yeah, all the way out. That all of this, okay. all of this could have been prevented there were people who knew and withheld the information yes because they they held a yeah. position of power right mm-hmm. and the fact that not everybody not everyone has access to that position right. of power right there are so many people affected by the decisions of these white dudes mm-hmm. will never or at least at this point when the movie's being made you know there's no foreseeable time that they're going to be able to make those decisions better right for everyone um, and while you're bringing it, while you're bringing in gender, I just want to point out also that like uh, nature was a big fear. Yes, Mother Nature. Mother Nature. Because she's unpredictable and you can't tame she her. She's a wild bitch. And then bitch. in this case, the the <laughs> the, the <laughs> dudes are making the decisions about how to treat her. Just like a man trying to make decisions about how to handle the angry woman. Well, yeah, and that's what also makes it stand the test of time, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're still dealing with those issues. I mean, this is like very symbolic like maybe you don't see that when you watch the movie and that's fine too 
but that's where we went with it. So the the only reason I, I still like any of these guys is that they do stop short of asking the shark, like, "Are you on your period?" I mean, it is Shark Week right now, though. So also, how does that work? Do you eat yourself? Is it cannibalism? Like they're attracted to blood. I mean, not their own. I'm sure. Uh, right? I don't know. That's the danger with cannibalism. I don't know. Right? Oh. I talked about that during Raw. Yeah. Oh man. If y'all have an answer. Also, okay, that, no, no. Here's the thing, that though. One in. It doesn't even matter if the shark likes the smell because a shark is just a slab of muscle. It can't like yeah. most of them in the cartilage. Most of them, I don't think, could like reach their own. They just like start chasing their tail like a terrifying dog. Okay, so yeah, so I don't dislike any of the guys except for the mayor because he's the one calling the shots that are stupid. Yeah, I mean, I don't yeah. love Brody, but he—that's fine. Like, I don't have to like him for him to be a good character, you know. But you don't no. hate him. You don't and love he's him. Well but you don't hate him. Yeah. Brody You're neutral. In, yeah. In the book is a, an agent. Brody in the movie is a tool for us to understand how mm-hmm. to respond to he's or perceive the, the other people in this world. One other cool thing that I noticed, and then I'm done talking about Moby Dick, I swear. Um, <laughs> don't, don't ever be done. So, spoiler alert, if you, okay, so if you don't know the end of Moby Dick, it's been out for 200 years, or 100 years, yeah, sorry. It's it, been out for it, 100 years. No, it's their own fault if you spoil this yeah, for them. Um, and it also, like, you know it's going to happen from day one. It's sort of like what, starting Breaking Bad and being like, what do you mean Walt dies? You know, he has terminal cancer, like, in the, you know, pilot episode. This is basically anyway. Shakespeare, they said it immediately. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Two households, both alike in dignity. Forever on where we lay our scene. Um, anyway, I forgot the rest of the prologue. I used to have it memorized, but I don't anymore. Or civil blood makes civil hands unclean. Nailed it. Okay, I'm good. Oh I'm done God. now. Okay. I probably could finish it, so I'm not going to just keep talking quick. I know you can. Mary was. Were you the? You were Juliet, right? Yeah. Someone made a terrible decision. I did not look like an ingenue <laughs> when I was an ingenue. Love it. <laughs> Finish spoiling Moby oh, yeah. Dick. So at the end, a rope wraps around Ahab, I think his neck, and Moby Dick yanks him off the ship straight down into the ocean. And that's the last we see of him. Sucks to suck. We see the rope in Jaws also. Do you guys remember this? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't wrap around Quint. It wraps around Hooper's legs, and Brody helps him get out. Do you remember that? Yeah. I didn't make the connection, though. That that's cool. cool. I didn't until today because I was like, I was looking back over the plot outline of Moby Dick because I couldn't remember exactly. Yeah. I thought that the whale was female because they kill her baby, right? And that's what makes her be like, fuck you forever. I've never read Moby Dick. I've only, I haven't read the whole thing. I've read the, like the first third and then I saw the play of it. And the play, y'all, the play was so dope. (laughs) It was so good. I'm not even joking. Like I thought it was going to be like a little bit dry, but like the underwater scenes were done like with Aerial silks. I was going to make a joke about how it couldn't be dry because it's underwater. And I realized that was going to be like a really stupid dad joke. And I should just sit here quietly. But then I decided to explain it. So here we are. (laughs) Also, Queequeg could get it. Queequeg was fine. Touch it. it. (laughs) Loved it. Anyway. All right. All right. Shut it down. Let's shut this shit down. If there were a Shark Week special about your life. What would the title be? Can you give us some examples of Shark Week specials so we can kind of riff? What do you do with a drunken sailor or lie in the morning? <laughs> Farewell and adieu to you, fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu to you, ladies of Spain. There is Shark Tank meets Shark Week. What? Cuba's <laughs> secret shark lair. 
Uncaged, Shark versus Ronda Rousey. <laughs> Great White Mama. <laughs> they're big, they're angry, and they're pregnant Ooh, is the subtitle. That's a good one. Monster Tag, Jaws in Paradise, Bear versus Shark, Shark Wrecked, Air Jaws versus Orca, Tiger Shark Invasion, The Laws of Jaws, Son of Jaws, Great White Abyss. No. Great White Abyss is dope. Too bad none of us yeah. are straight white. We can take that one. My abyss is not white, so I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that for someone else. I was gonna say. Oh, I did decide to rename my boobs, guys. <gasps> oh, what are they? They're Sonia and Elena, and then my vagina is Ruth. Okay. What is this? For the Supreme Court justices. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> so here's That's the thing what, you should yeah. know. So you see how like flashy these Shark Week titles are. Yeah. They used to be similarly flashy, but over the years, they've gotten much more shark compassionate because they realized that Spielberg himself has said if he knew more about sharks, he wouldn't have made the movie the way he did because it terrified people and created even more stigma around the idea of them. So um, the titles used to be things like Blood in the Water. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the name of mine. Because it sounds like heavy, like slow, heavy metal music is going to be playing at that intro. That's yeah. mine. Mary, do you have I one was already? About like a savage gash. Ooh, nice. that also has <laughs> slow, heavy metal music playing. Yeah, probably. Go, Megan, do it. No, I stole blood in the water. Okay, I would want mine to be, uh, and other natural disasters. That's pretty <laughs> That's good too. Yeah. Okay. Mon- yeah, it's, it's, not good. Be- it's not as good as the gash. That's it used dope. to be like monsters <laughs> of the deep and like uh They weren't quite as poetic as they are now. Yeah. Like Yeah, and they just they great just- white mamas. They're big, <gasps> they're angry and they're pregnant. I love that. They're that big, they're the angry best. and they're pregnant. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's okay. What's happening next? Next we have Devil's Candy, which is my pick. And that one is a new-ish movie. It came out in 2015, and we're having... It's on Netflix, right? It is on Netflix, so you can watch it. So you can watch it with us, yeah. And that comes out on July 27th, and Eric Skwarzynski... Eric, if I said that wrong, get the fuck over it. He is the host of Gut Reactions, and Mary Kay and I were on his podcast not too long ago. We had, like, a two-part episode, and... It was really fun. super incredible. We had to talk about Endgame and Sounds of the Lambs. Much fun. You guys should check that out if you haven't already. It's really fun. Go check out his podcast. Um, We're excited to have him. It's going to be a really good episode. So um, go have a look at the rest of our upcoming shows on the website and watch the movies. And then shoot us a message about what you loved. And then we'll work up some hot takes about how it sucks and you shouldn't love it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So um, have you like even like subscribed to us? What you the hell? Know how to do that, Grandpa? What the hell? Why not? <laughs> Just do it already. Goddamn. <laughs> now rate us, review us, follow us on social media, and yeah, sure, subscribe, please. Let our voices. And we're watch. on Twitter now too. We are on Twitter. We are on Twitter. Um, and everything else, but like. Yeah. No, we're everywhere. So just let oh, our voices good. wash over you in every possible format, and slowly lose all <laughs> sense of yourself, becoming one with us. One with us. One with us. One of 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 us.